Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Yo, welcome back to Any Given Sunday, Tuesday edition. I'm actually getting comfortable doing these Tuesday shows. Uh, anyways, we're back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, my guest this week is a returning guest, friend of the show. I think this is now, what, two times in three months now? I think we're, we're, two we're, times we're, three we're months. Building. Yeah, not even counting three your times show. overall. Yeah, not right, even counting true. your show. So, yeah, we're, we're getting comfortable at this. Uh, Josh Rodriguez, man, host of the Dime NBA podcast, producer at The Undefeated, uh, all kinds of stuff. He'll he'll announce all his titles, man. He's got many hats. Uh, Josh, welcome back to the show, man. What's good? Thanks for having me on, man. I'm we're quarantined. We're staying safe. We're doing the right thing over here, and we're enjoying the Jordan documentary, which yeah, I'm excited to talk yeah. about. It's actually good to have some sports to watch on TV, right? Like it's you know it's refreshing. I've actually forgotten if, the feeling. Yeah. If you want to call it sports, yeah, I mean it's a documentary, but <laughs> I'm still missing live action. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, my friend. Beggars can't be choosers. Facts. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, before we get into it, I always have to. Ha- I always like to have a small discussion on COVID nineteen before we start any podcast, just because that's the world we live in. And, yeah. You know, I always like to ask my my guests how they're how they're uh, enduring the, um, the the trying times, man. So just how is uh, COVID nineteen treating you? First and foremost, I mean, everybody in the family safe. Um. So not to bring the podcast, I had an uncle who passed from it. A few weeks ago, oh, man. unfortunately, Jeez. I had a cousin, but I had a cousin who had it recovered. She's good. I had another uncle who had it recovered. He's good. Um, my family's in New York, just for those who don't, who don't know. Yeah. So it obviously hit hardest in New York and my family dealt with it. Unfortunately, I lost an uncle and, but everyone else has recovered and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, there's really not much to say when someone passes away. I just hope that, you know, mm-hmm. it was my mom's brother and she was close to him and then just checking up on her. Me personally, I'm, I'm healthy. You know, I'm doing okay. I did lose my job for like two or three weeks due to the virus, but I got it back in a little bit of a part-time capacity, which I'm grateful for. I know a lot of people are out of work, so definitely not going to complain if I have some hours yeah. going for myself. And, you know, I, I like being inside. Like, I'm pretty introverted as I've gotten older. Um, I like going on long drives, so I'll do that if I have to like, get away and get my mind off things. And, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's for the, it's, it's for what's best in the country, you know, and for yeah. the health of everybody else around me. And if you just look at it that way, you should have no problem doing this. I mean, this, we're going to comfort our own homes. This is not jail. <laughs> we're home. I know, right? Although some people may think it's jail. It's, it's not, it's, it's not jail. Oh, yeah. No, we were, <laughs> not even we were talking, we were talking yeah. offline. I was like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. mind the isolation though, man. It's like, it's, it's weird. I thought it would bother yeah. me, but it, but it, actually I have not minded it. You know, it's like, I'm not doing anything different that I normally would have done anyway. I just right. don't have the options to go out. You know what I mean? So, it's 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 weird. Yeah. I mean, I I I do miss going out to restaurants. I do miss part of the social interaction, the human interaction. I think we all need at at some point. 
But yeah, you know, other than that, like it's nothing different than my normal routine. You know what I mean, so it's just it's I, I don't know. I, I think I think people are making way too much of it. Uh, but no, I'm glad that uh, you are safe and most of the family is safe. Sorry about the uncle. Uh, prayers to to you guys for that and. And, uh, yeah, man, this is real. It's affecting everybody in some way, shape or form. And, and, you know, I know that I know some people that listen to the podcast, it's, it's kind of split. A lot of folks say, ah, you know, want a distraction. Don't talk about it. And other folks are like, yes, right. talk about it. You have a platform. So it's, it's always hard. You try to find the, fi- the right medium or, or the right balance to talk about it. Um, we don't try to make a whole episode about it, obviously, but we try to do talk because it's, it's reality. It's life. And we'll get into it a little bit later because I want to get your thoughts on the proposed, you know, basically the back end. Well, I guess we can get into it now. We're talking about it. Why not? You know, hey, let's do um, it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, where are you on the start, you know, on this, on the resumption of the NBA season? I mean, there's a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions on what they should do. Should they? Should they come back just straight head into the playoffs? Should they come back and play out the what the, the fifteen or twelve or so remaining games of the regular season? Um, should they not come back yeah. at all? Where are you kind of on the um, on the on the on the on the scale of what the NBA should do and all sports really? Well, first and foremost, I mean, if you're going to come back, you have to make sure everybody's safe. Um, right. And in order to do that, you have to create an environment in this country where you know you are confident that we are testing correctly, that you know the virus. You, is uh, dissipating and we have plateaued, but you know, at the same time we've plateaued in a way where it's like we've gone down in New York, but other places have gone up. And for me, it's like, I don't think this virus is done with the country yet. I, I think no. that, you know, the way our government has handled it has been absolutely pathetic and horrible. And, you know, testing is a joke um, on both sides, by the way, distort. both sides. Yeah. I, and this is not just like Trump administration. Right, I feel right. like the democratic response has been, has been absolutely pathetic and it's people like you and I have been frustrated with the democratic party for a while being that, you know, we both consider ourselves progressives and to see them kind of bend the knee to corporate establishment politics. I mean, cause it's on both sides. I don't want to say corporate Republicans. It's on both sides. Right. It, it's been extremely frustrating. Um, but you know, that's why my instinct is to say, I don't even think they should bring the, the season back. I mean, cause a, a ball boy, a uh, coach, an assistant coach, player, referee, if one person gets the virus, you have to shut it down. Like there's nothing you can do. And if, you know, if you want to bring back the play also, that's 16 teams right there. And that's a lot of, that's, that's a significant amount of, of people, you know, who are doing different things when they're not, you know, going to that basketball game. We don't know what the referee's doing. We don't know what, you know, the coaches and players are doing. They might be isolating, but they might not be. The person keeping score, the person changing the scoreboard. Like it's, it's a lot of people involved. The trainer. And for me, it's kind of hard know. that. The, yeah. the the guy in the yeah. office. I mean, any I mean anybody, anybody really, you know. Right. And we we can all live in our little right. bubble, not to cut you off, but we can all kind of live in in our in our bubble and say, oh, you know, well, if we just keep the players isolated and and just their hotels and blah blah blah, like they won't get. I mean, what about the team officials that you know go in and right. out of the facilities? You can't keep these people from going home. Can't keep the the right. you know okay, they won't be vendors or people working in the facilities themselves. But, you know, there'll still be referees. You don't know what they do when they leave. I mean, okay, you can quarantine them in a hotel. But what about the, the, right. the, the, the you know, the camera folks? What about the TV crews? You know, what about, I mean, it's just so many, it's just so many different variables. Because, and I think that, I think people are thinking about this stuff with their heart instead of just like, logically with their Exactly. Mind. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm, I'm dying to get some basketball on TV. I'm, I'm yeah. killing me that there's no baseball on right now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, it's going to be crazy to think about a September and, poss- and the possibility of no football. 
you know, college or right. NFL. You know, so but I'm also being realistic. Like we just don't know. We we don't know what the risks are. And if you depending on where you, where you read, what news station you follow, what doctor realistically you follow, like yeah, some say there's going to be some say there's going to be a second wave of this. You know exactly. You know, in in the late fall, early winter. So that's another added bump. You know, so you know we think we're out of the. You know, we're in the we're in the clear in September and October. Oh wait, right around Thanksgiving, there's a second wave. Like we just don't know. Right. And I think that to just be to just think that this is just um you know to try to just make this a money issue or just an economic issue, and it is to a point. But just to make this just that is a is a mistake. I think you have to think about it from all different facets. Yeah, I agree. And like, if it was up to me, I don't think there would be a season. I, I wouldn't personally trot yeah. out NBA basketball players. I mean, God forbid something happens. Um, that's, that's on you. Like, honestly, that's on you, Adam Silver, for you to even to, to do that, especially you do have health experts. I'm sure the NBA is going to be able to talk to people like Fauci, like mm-hmm. Burks, who I'm not a huge fan of, but like you, right. you do have access to those, to those individuals and to the CDC. So. Right. Your your decision should be 100% responsible, um, and towards what the experts are saying, where the trends are going. And when I do my own research, the way I look at it is, I just can't fathom anybody coming back and playing professional sports right now. Um, so, I mean, that's that's what I think they should do. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Um, hypothetically, if they do come back, I do think there should be some type of playing tournament for like the eighth seed, just mm-hmm. for the simple fact that you know kind of stinks like the season just kind of abruptly ended on top of that you want you know these other teams to get back into shape and and um i i heard a good point the other day where it was like why would you bring back teams like the knicks and the hornets and teams like the kings who, who have yeah. shot or whatever yeah. like it just doesn't make no sense like you're what's playing the for point? what like what are you yeah what, what, what's why are the you point? playing yeah absolutely so who you, wants you, to yeah no i was you just i was yeah yeah, it's like what, what? What's the point? I mean, who wants to see the Warriors in Charlotte in July? Like, who wants to see that? Like, it, it, it's yeah. You know, and even Steve Kerr, to his credit, he said it like, "Hey, what, what's right. what's the point?" He he didn't come out and say it, but he's there's like, no "Our point. season's done." Like, there's just no there's, there's no, no point. point. And then you got to think about these players yeah. and their families, like you know. And the players are always going to say right. they want to play. Like nine times out of ten, I know I know some jokes are written in there. Obviously, you know, with the with the whole load management thing. But for the most part, these players want to play. They all want to play and they all, and, right. and most importantly, they all want to get paid. We get that. But I, I think that you have to be smart about this. Um, and you have to, I'm with you. People think I'm crazy when I say, I just don't see a way where you're going to have professionals, the four major sports. I don't see the four major sports coming back in terms I just don't. I mean, if you, if you read, if you, if you follow Fauci, if you read the reports from the CDC, I mean, there, a vaccine isn't even expected till late October, November. That's the earliest, more like February. Is where you'll see probably a, a vaccine. Um, I, I just I, right. I don't see. And then you also got to think about it, and you can't even just think about it from the from the sports perspective. You also got to think about it from the political perspective too, because a lot of states, you know, what are you going to do with the teams in Canada? Canada's Canada could Canada's still under lockdown. Right. Canada hasn't eased their restrictions at all, like some of the states here. They're, you know, they're not going by their provinces; they're going by the the you know the federal government. So. Canada may say, you know what, we're we're keeping this lockdown till whenever. So how does that affect the Raptors? Same thing in Major right. League Baseball. How right. does that affect the Blue Jays? You know what I mean? Like, so there's so many different variables to this that I don't think people um, are even thinking about. And I, and I and I and I have and I often have exchanges with folks on Twitter, and they say, well, you know, there's this this proposal, and then there's that proposal, and they had a conference call today, and it's like, look, these leagues, 
they can have all the proposals they want. They can have all the conference calls they want until I, me personally, until there's a vaccine or there's rapid testing where these players, you know, right. feel comfortable and they're not at risk of infecting themselves, their families, or other folks and vice versa. Like, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see it. And, and then also from the political perspective, you can't have, you know, let's give million dollar athletes tests, but you know, Joe Schmo is <laughs> running the bus every day. Right, you know, right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, that's not going to go off well either. Uh, it's just not. So yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it's tough because, you know, of course you think about this from your heart, like you're, a, we're all sports fans, obviously we do a podcast, each of us, like, you know, of course we want content. We're dying for content, but at some point you, you know, you, you can't make these decisions solely based on your own self-interest and the bottom line. You have to make it based on sensible. I mean, this is different than a natural disaster. This is different than, you know, somebody dying in that, in, you know, like in a totally unrelated situation. You know I mean? This is a, a, a something we haven't seen in a hundred years. I mean, there's no precedent for this. There's no template for, you know, how, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, there wasn't an NFL during the Spanish flu. You know what I mean? So there's nothing that we could go off of like, Hey, in 1926, they did this, you know what I mean? There's just not, there's nothing there. Um, so I, I, it's just going to be interesting what these leagues decide to do, man. I, I, and I think the NBA is, is, I, I out of all the leagues, I have the most faith in the NBA just because I, I think Adam Silver is a sensible guy. Um, not he's that I agree with everything he does. I, I, yeah, I, I think he's, this, he, I think he's the most sensible guy when it comes to things like these. And I think they'd be, I, I, you know what? I think the NBA will be showing a lot of, a lot of metal and a lot of whatever adjective you want to use. If they said, you know what? It's just not worth it. It's not worth, um, you know, it's not worth the, the, the hassle and the aggravation. And the other thing you also got to think about it too. Um, and, and I'll get your thoughts on this, you know, what's the game going to look like? Because, you know, <laughs> I, do I, do I want to see playoff games without no fans? Like, do I want to see that? Do I want to see playoff games in Orlando and in Vegas only? Like, I don't want to see that, you know, and that's for all sports. Like, I don't want to see the diamondbacks and the Mets in Arizona in front of no fans. Like God right. help me. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm a yeah. base, like I, you know me, I love baseball, but I'll admit there's parts yeah. of it that are boring. And then if you take fans out of it, like, Oh my God, like get it. Yeah. Like, what is that? You know, and the same thing for football. You know, everybody was hot and bothered, you know, over, you know, this, you know, last week, the end of last week about the NFL schedule release. I couldn't get excited about it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yay. Green Bay at New Orleans. Like, what's that going to look like? Not happening. (laughs) Exactly. Right. With with nobody, with nobody in the Superdome. Like, oh, it's not not the Superdome anymore. Right. And we're, and we're, and we're somewhat joking, but that, that's a huge, like, especially in a sport like football and basketball where a home field or a home court advantage can can really impact a game. Baseball's different. You know, baseball's just such a weird game. It like it doesn't matter. You could be in a raucous Yankee stadium if if uh you know I you know if uh if a, if a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays is 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 dialing it up on all cylinders and he's got his slider working it right. doesn't matter how many fit, you know how many drunk right. yankee fans are in yankee stadium you know it's just not it's not going to it's not going to mean anything but you know you know green bay new orleans i'm just using those two teams as an example green bay new orleans in a in a in a game in in november for home field in the nfc like that's going to matter where that game is played. Yep. And if there's fans like, you know, the same thing for the NBA, it could, it could help. So what are these games going to look like? I'm with you. Like, so what do you think? Like, I'm, I'm really not that sold on these proposals to begin with anyway. 
Yeah. So for me, like you're going to have to have no fans. And like you said, what, what does that look like? That's going to look like complete crap. Like it's not going to be fun. It's going to be boring to watch. I mean, you would, we just watched a Jordan documentary. They talked about like the greatest game ever in that practice of the 92 Olympic squad. And to me, I'm watching that. And I'm like, that doesn't look that intense. That doesn't look that crazy. I mean, and that's known as the greatest game ever played. And to me, yeah. it was just, okay. <laughs> like cool. this looks okay. Like <laughs> yeah. it looks like crap. Right. It looks like practice. It's going to look like we're watching practice. That's exactly what right. it's going to look like. Like we're watching practice. And, um, it would be interesting to hear like coaches shouting out plays and, and instructions to players and what the players say to the referees. I think that would be a cool aspect to it. I think the first time we watch, we'll be so giddy to watch sports that hearing those type of things are, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to, and we're going to think this is great. But I think by the third, fourth, or fifth time we're watching yeah. it, like this is like, cause, us fans being at the game, we add to the atmosphere. Now, a big reason why we even like watching sports is because of the atmosphere. Or else I would just go down to the local park and watch people play pickup. And I don't do that. I don't care to do that. Like right. it's, 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 it's a whole vibe. Like it, when you take the fans out of the game, there's no vibe whatsoever. Fans you know, you are can't part play of the presentation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're part and, of the presentation. It's a show. Yeah. It's a show. Absolutely. This is entertainment. And I don't know if I want to, I don't really want to watch it if fans aren't really at the game watching it like i love basketball don't get me wrong and i will watch it because i do an nba podcast my job is revolved around sports and i want to see who wins the championship i mean like football baseball they haven't started yet i don't even know if like to be honest with you like it doesn't excite me for whatever reason i don't know why just thinking about them playing without fans is like kind of boring it sounds boring and dull. Dude, I, I thought I was the only one because people are just, I think, yeah. again, everybody's just so blinded by their their their, their thirst for sports, right? I mean, we're all desperate. Trust, I get it. Like, you know, like yeah. I had a freaking, I had some of the Korean baseball league game on the other day. Like, I mean, I'm just I'm just dying for some it's, competition. I get it. Yeah. But it. But it's, and like, it's like it's like you know, it's like if your if, if your girlfriend leaves you and like you want her back so bad, but then like oh well you can have her back, but she'll have half a brain and people and like some people right. are like yeah I still want that. It's like no, I don't want right. that anymore. Like she has half of a right. brain, she's not the same person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Yeah. It's like your wife dies and you and you bury her yeah. in pet cemetery and she comes back as this exactly, demonic soul. That's exactly what it is. It's like, that is perfect. It's like yeah, yeah it's but she's cemetery. back. You know, she did try to stab me in the kitchen the other day, but yeah. look, she's here. Yeah. You know? No, she's but here. I don't care that she's not, a demon. It's yeah, it's, right. It's exactly right. what it is. Like, and again, <laughs> we're all desperate, we're all thirsty, and yearning for some competition. But I think at what point? Yeah. And, and like you said, the, the 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 no fans aspect of this that has like a fifteen to twenty game shelf life, if that. You know, and then at some point, right. and all those folks that are saying, "Oh, I, I'd watch them play in the parking lot," they're the same ones that about game fifteen. They're like, uh, I really want to watch this. Like, no. Right. Like, yeah, it, it, and, you know, I mean, baseball exactly. with like game season and, you know, putting, you know, instead of having, you know, six teams in, you're going to have, you know, you know, 10 teams in. I mean, then you're going to just get real gimmicky. Like, at, at what point do you have to think about, you know, okay, you know, what is this best for our product? Is this best for the overall game and the health of the sport? And I, and I just don't. But then, know, but yeah, but then you have employees on top of that, right? So you have a bunch of people who yeah. work for these organizations, not, not only in the front office, but people who work at the stadiums who are going to lose their jobs. So there's a lot of economic issues as well. And I can understand where people are like, open up the country because we need to work. I, I understand that there's an economic side to it, um, too. Like, it's not just a health issue. Like, there's, you know, we have to get the economy going, but you have to be smart about it. You can't open up the economy just for the sake of opening up the economy. 
Right. Um, and, and I think that's, and, and I think that's the problem that we're having with sports. Like people want to have sports just for the sake of having sports. And right. It's not smart. It just isn't smart. We shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And it's, and of course it's easy for us to sit there and say, and tell a billion dollar league, you know, don't open up, cancel your season and lose millions and billions of dollars. It's easy for us to say that. I get that. But I mean, you, you got to think about the ramifications and I, you know, I, I want, and, and I think also I, we're focusing so much on the NBA because I think it's easier for the NBA to make this decision. They were at the end of their, and, and, and I'll throw the NHL in there as well. They were at the end of their season. They played the majority of their season. So all we're talking about now is the postseason, which is a big, a huge, you know, especially in these two sports, it's a huge, you know, aspect of their sports. Um, you know, baseball, I mean, baseball got to be killing themselves because they're going to be wondering, like, when are we going to start? We, you know, we have 162 games. We've already missed a month and some change now. Like, so it's different right. in the NFL. I mean, and I don't even, I can't even focus on football right now I, because I, September is so far away right now. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Who, who the hell knows? We may have a, a vaccine by then. We may not. We may have a second wave by then. Like, we just don't know. So anybody that's, and like, that's why I kept harping back on anybody that can sit there and tell you that they know what's going to happen in September, that, you know, they're going to get excited about, you know, a proposal that's, you know, oh, the commissioner sat with Trump. Nobody knows. This thing is changing by the day. Um, so right. I, I think it's irresponsible to sit here and say that we all know an answer. We just don't know. And, and look, I'm one that my mood kind of goes every, you know, some days I wake up and I'm positive about it and oh, you know, you know, I, I feel the winds of change blowing and it's coming and I feel like we're going to play sports. And then I read something and then it's like, eh, no, <laughs> you know, wake up another day and I'm, you know, I'm extra right. negative. So I, it, it changes with the day man, for me anyway. So I, I just, I, I just wanted to see where you stood on it because I, I just don't, I don't know what sports will look like, you know, with restrictions. I just, I just don't know what it will look like. Right. Yeah. And it's not going to be fun. <laughs> no, it's not going to be no, sports. It's, it's, no, it's a pet, no. a pet cemetery version of sports. I think you put it perfectly. Facts. Absolutely. Um, so if I were to give you a, I guess a crystal ball and mm-hmm. play this out a little bit, you know, money on the line, gun to your head, whatever, whatever, you know, anecdote or an analogy you want to use, you know, yeah. how do you see this playing out with the NBA? We'll stick with the NBA because obviously baseball and football, right. they have their own. Yeah. How do you see this playing I, out? With I the think, NBA? I think that's, I, I think baseball and football handle it completely differently. Just throwing it out there. I think, yeah. I don't think we're having a season. I think Adam Silver is probably, um, very level headed about this. I think he's very smart. I think he's shown to be very, um, progressive and i think he's on the right side of the argument here where it's almost like all right we have to protect our players we have to make sure everybody's healthy and a lot of that depends on our response to the virus getting tested statewide nationwide and i just don't feel confident enough in the way we've been handling it as a country our government um that i think you can justify throwing someone out there like lebron james who can get sick with the coronavirus like you just can't do that and that i don't think there's any possible way that Adam Silver can justify that. And I think he knows that they played half a more, little more than half the season. You know, they're going to get kind of screwed over on some revenue, but at the end of the day, yeah. you, you can't, you, you just can't, you, and I know he knows this. I know Adam Silver knows this. I think football handles it differently. I feel like those people, I think those organizations and those leagues are run by more conservative people who are more concerned about the economy and not saying they're not concerned about the health of their players, but I think that they'll rush to to have their sport especially football i i think they'll rush it if they have to oh, yeah. whereas i feel like yeah. the nba uh especially with, during the adam silver era especially like i feel like they've been on the right side of history with a lot of different things 
And I think this would be an exception. I, I don't think there's going to be playoffs. Do you think there's a cutoff date? Like, do you think there's a, there's like a date where it's like, if, if it's, if we're not back by this point, like what's the, cause I think, I think I, I said this July in, a, in the group chat. At, yeah. 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 I said by 4th, if by 4th Same. of July, we don't have yeah. basketball going on. I, I, why bother? Why bother? I mean, to sense. me, yeah. Why, you might as well just focus your efforts on starting the 2020, 21 season, December 25th or even January 1st. Yeah, I, that's what I would, yeah. that's my thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, especially if something goes wrong, then if something goes wrong and then you have to look forward to the next season, you might have to start canceling that. Like it's just, it's too big of a right. risk. It's, it's a domino. It's a domino it's, effect. It's a huge domino effect. It's yeah. not even, yeah. It's, it's to not me, even, it's not worth it. Yeah. You, you, you cancel the season. You give yourself six months of coverage to just say, okay, look, let's just focus on getting 2020, 2021 off the book, you know, off, right. off, off and running. Even if that means delaying right. the start of the season to just, you know, Christmas day or even, you know, January 2nd. Like, let's just focus on getting 2020, 21 because yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunately. And look, I'm a Laker fan. I, you know, I get, I get killed here, you know. Well, this is the first right. time the Lakers have been good in six years, and you know, no, I mean, it sucks. Like, I mean, if, yeah, if the it Knicks win a championship yeah. right now, I'd be, I'd be pissed if the Knicks were in contention right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd be yeah. absolutely pissed. I get it. I get it. I totally yeah, get it. But you, but you can't think of it like that. You can't. You just, you, you can't yeah. logically think of it in that, in that regard. Because I mean, this is just, this is beyond sports. This is beyond some, some championship. I, I mean, this is, this is real life with real consequences. So, um, yeah, man, I'm with you. I, I, I definitely think July is, is definitely the, the cutoff date for me. I, or I, you would yeah. logically think, right? That, that's the cutoff. I mean, yeah, it has uh, to be. Yeah, absolutely. and I, I think Adam Silver's a logical person, so I, I, I can't, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, man, let's move on. Um, so Jordan documentary, last dance episodes seven and eight. Uh, so what I've been doing on the podcast every, every week with the reviews is kind of just finding three or four, um, takeaways, uh, you know, news line items that kind of stuck out with, with each person throughout the episode. Um, so I'll start with you. What were kind of the three, uh, well, well, first, before we get there, what were your thoughts overall on the on, on the on the entire documentary up to that up to this point? I haven't had a chance to talk. I think to it's about really it. well. I think it's really well done. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know growing up. Obviously, I watched Jordan yeah. play, but I watched it through the lenses of like a six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. I was really young, so to me, it was just Jordan whipping the ass at the Knicks every single time he played him. Um, mm. You know, I didn't know the whole Jerry Krause situation. I didn't know Scottie Pippen's contract dispute. Um, you know, Dennis Rodman missing practices. So it's pretty cool to see that behind the scenes. Um, the Atlantic City story I was very familiar with just because it happened against the Knicks and that was all over <laughs> media. So like that's something yeah. I've, always, <laughs> I've always known, but it, it's pretty cool to see, um, you know, Jordan being Jordan. I think he's, he's coming across way more likable than people thought he'd come across, which I think is pretty cool. I know he has a reputation of being a bad guy. I mean, to be honest with you and, and pretty much a dick. But I, I don't think that doc, this documentary is, is showing that. Um, not that I say it should show it. It just, he just comes across way more likable than I thought he'd come across. Um, not that I like him. I hate him because he ruined my childhood. Uh, <laughs> but I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. Like seeing the old footage of the Knicks, even though they're getting their asses whipped, it's still pretty cool because it's the last like yeah. good memory I have of Nick, as a Knicks fan. And I say this as a 33 year old man. That's the last good memory I have of being a Knicks fan no, in the nineties. I know. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool. You know, to see like Grant Hill, like here and there, Kobe, like just players young in their, like 
before they're even their primes. Like it just takes me back, man. And you know, I miss nineties yeah. basketball, not because I think the game was better, just because I the vibe, like the NBA and NBC, like something a little like that. Um, I just miss it. It's nostalgic, and it's I feel like it's the season mattered more. I feel like basketball mattered more then. Like, yeah, it, it mattered. Yeah, it, it wasn't mattered. so drama driven. It wasn't so you know narrative driven. It wasn't a soap opera. Like that's what I feel about the NBA today, and that's why some of the reasons why I'm, I'm turned off. It just feels like basketball just feels like one big ass reality show now. You know, and that's what it. You know, yes, Trump, yeah. Who's gonna play here? Who's gonna team up with? And you've always had some element of that. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You've not, always had. Not, yeah, not like that. Not like this. Uh, yeah, now not it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but we I love mean, it though. I mean, because during the summer, like free agency, when like, I, where's Kawhi going? Where, like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I was in on it. I was like, oh my god, what's going on? And I was hype as hell when Kawhi went to the Clippers. Like, it adds to it, you know. And social media is part of that as well. Yeah, it adds to it, but but now it feels like that is almost usurped, like the actual game. Like, where it just feels like it, the, the off the court stuff is more important than like, oh yeah, the Lakers beat the Kings, you know, one on one to. 88. It just feels like, oh, but did you see what Anthony Davis and his agent tweet? Like, the game, the game. Right. Focus on the game. Like, that's what it feels like. That's the vibe. That's just me. It's just my opinion. Um, That's the vibe that I get. Um, But yeah, going back to the documentaries, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I've I've loved every episode of them. Uh, What about these two episodes? I I thought that um, these were the two best episodes of the series so far for me. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I've I had to rank them, so I thought one and two going into this past Sunday, one and two were still top notch, the best. Um, yeah, but then I, Those but, my I really, but I really enjoyed seven and eight um, because they were just more Jordan, and it was and I one and two were a lot of Jordan, but these two were just Jordan like you never seen before, like Jordan crying. Um, that was what I was explaining his philosophy. Yeah, um, I, I just really really enjoyed these two episodes, and I hope I hope we're hitting a crescendo here with. Um, with this documentary as we, we, we go to the end here um, where these last two episodes are going to be fantastic. But um, going back to my initial question, um, what were kind of the three or four takeaways that you have for, from these two episodes on Sunday night? You know, it's interesting. I, I wanted to talk to you about this because no one had the same perspective I had in my group chat. And um, that's when Jordan cried at the end of episode seven. Um, he was, you know, crying about how much he wanted to win and, you know, his mindset of the game and, I got really sad for him because I feel like for the first time, like I thought he cared what other people thought of him. That's how I took it. Whereas everyone else took it as that's how much he wants to win. That's how much of a competitor he is. I think he wants to win so bad that it brings him to tears. And I was like, no, I actually take it as like, it kind of hurts him that people look at him as an asshole. And it kind of hurts him that, you know, he has this reputation of just win at all costs, no matter what the personal relationships are like. And, and I feel like it, that was pain. That was pain of um, not having friendships that he wished he would have had or having this perception of being an asshole and not being the nicest guy in the world. I, to me, that was pain of like, man, I feel misunderstood and I feel alone and I feel like no one really understands me. And I'm a, I'm really a nice guy. It's just that, you know, I, I love to win. And that's how I took it. it. And no one in my group chat took it that way. <laughs> Uh, funny, funny enough, I took it that way too. I, I think he, I think, I think for the <laughs> first the time, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we're, we are. It's just amazing. No, uh, I took it. I took it that way too. I, I think for the first yeah. time, I think it, it almost hit him that like, this mm. is what I sacrificed. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I lost out on, you know, but I, right. but I don't, I don't think he cried or, or longed for it. I think it, it just, it hurt him because people feel this way about it and that he's, 
and he's and he's and he's heard it and he's experienced it and he's felt it and he's heard all the the quotes and the and the people saying I mean right. this is not new I mean obviously people have been talking about this for for decades now but I think this was the first time that I think it it actually it as my daughter walks in and says shush I know I know shush right <laughs> <laughs> um, no this is I think this was the first time that I think um it actually hit him like oh this is what I my like I've always felt like success comes with a price, right? Like the more successful you are, yeah. the more you give up, the more of, a, of yourself you give up. And in, 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 even the most minuscule of ways you give up a piece of yourself, you know, you may give up the family life that you have wanted. You may give up the personal comfort that you have wanted. You know, we are, you know, you always hear about people who are, you know, I think it was last episode where like the happiest he was, was just sitting in that hotel room, just sit, laying on the couch. Because that was the only time that he just had an alone time, right? Like that was the only time yeah. that somebody didn't want a piece of Michael Jordan. And, and I think that, right. I think bringing up those memories, I think that was the first time that it actually hit him. Like, you know, me being me, me having that burden of, of, of carrying this franchise, carrying this league, you know, I think it was at the expense of, you know, I had to be an asshole. Like I had to, you know, cut certain things off. Right. I had to cut certain pieces of, of that. Like, you know, I'm sure Jordan wanted to have more personal relationships. I'm sure Jordan wanted to have more friendships in the league. Um, but you know, that was, that was what he felt he had to do to be the greatest basketball player that he could be. And I always get upset when people try to tell you how you should do with your success, like how you should be successful. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've never right. understood that. Like, like, like that's what he felt he had to do. Now we can agree and disagree. Yeah. Like I, I, I disagree with that. Like I don't, like I disagree. Like to me, there's leadership comes in all shapes and sizes. Like there's, there's no one template that says this is how you need to be a leader. You know, you could be a vocal leader. You could be a leader by example. You could kind of be that, just that quiet, the Tim Duncan type where you just kind of go out there and just do, you know, um, so, so leadership comes in so many different ways, you know, so that this idea that, you know, he didn't have to be that way. Well, that's how he felt he had to be. Now we can agree and disagree. We can, we can debate from here to kingdom come how he should have been. Should he have been better? Should have been nicer? That's what he felt like he had to do. So who are we to tell him that it, clearly it worked? He's a billionaire. He's won six championships. He's an extremely successful guy. Like clearly it worked. Clearly he did something right. Right. So, so right. I read it like you, man. I think he, I think, I think he kind of realized like, damn, this is what I lost out. And I think it, I think it did hurt him. And I think also part of it was a little bit of passion was that like, no, I, I stand by this. Like I stand that this is the way to do it. Now you may not agree with me and there may be other ways to do it that have been, that have worked or traditionally worked, but this is the way that I feel and I stand by it. And I think that that's where, right. that's what I think he felt. I think it was a two prong thing. I think it was him realizing that he lost out on a lot. Of relationships, and I also think right. it was him defending his lifestyle, his belief, his principles. Like this is what I believe in. This is, this is what I feel like is exactly. the way to be extremely successful. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. That's exactly. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there too. It's like you know, I moved out here to California, and I, you know, I've, not that I've lost friendships, but I'm as close as the people as I used to be back in New York. And it's like it makes me sad when I think about it. But at the end of the day, am I going to trade that for what I've accomplished? I don't think I would. You know, it, it might make me sad that I, you know, missed out on a few things or, you know, my relationships has changed with some of my friends back home. But, you know, I'm working with a company that I never thought I'd be working for. And that's the price you have to pay. 
And I, I think right, there's yeah, some absolutely. sadness to it. It's, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. But I do think it was more about him being in his feelings about not being liked and wishing that he had more friends. As as simple as that sounds, like just more friends. <laughs> and it, my heart kind of broke from there. There's a loneliness there. Like there's a and not to try to get all yeah, sappy. He's lonely. Analyze this man. Like well, no one, no one can relate to him. Like nobody can relate to being the best in the, the world in the one of the biggest things in the world ever. Like he's he was literally the biggest person and like the most famous person in the world at some point. Still kind of is. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, a little yeah, bit. At least. Really, I mean, when you like, think about it, and that's I, the other thing yeah. about these about celebrity culture as a whole is that these people are unrelatable. Like none of us can relate to what it's like to be. You know, I'll use Drake, yeah. for example. Like, nobody can relate to being Drake. Like, it's just like you can't relate to this person just being so big and so massive. Right. Whether you like what they do or don't. Like, just being this just this lightning rod for just comments and attention. Like, nobody can compare to that. Nobody, right. No one in their own personal life can relate to that. It's the same thing for any yeah. any celebrity or any public figure like nobody can relate to these people so i i i definitely i definitely get it and i love the example you just brought up about your own personal life like we we've all made these decisions like any any person like it's right. part of just growing up and maturing as an adult like you know i grew up in the exactly. hood like there's there's relationships like, these are people that i still there's people in the hood that i still have that I have close relationship with and close ties with but i don't hang out with them every time i go to new york like i don't i because I, I can't and 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 you know what they're real dude they're real dudes that like yo you know this dude's got a family he's got a career like stay over like you know what i mean like the real dudes will understand that because it's like yo that that's not right. you anymore and they can understand that you know what i mean like not saying that i was some some hood but i'm but i'm just making a, a correlation right that like you have certain friendships that you have to leave in that space and that time because you're just a different person right you know what i mean like that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that you have to it, you evolve and that doesn't mean that you have to lose a piece of yourself or you have to lose your authenticity right. but you just have to understand like yo i'm in a different place like you know, I have kids now. Like, I can't just go out on a on a Saturday night and get shit faced drunk. Right. And, you know, like I have kids now. Like, I have responsibilities. You know, I have things that I'm I'm responsible for. You know what I mean? Like, right. And you might miss hanging out with that. You might right. you might yeah. miss yeah. Exactly. You might miss going out, but at the same time, you're not trading your kids for nothing. Like, <laughs> right. You know, I'm not trading my job for anything. I'm not trading the success and the yeah. things that I've achieved for for, yeah. for these things. You know, I mean, of, of course, I you know when I when I get little snippets of that life, I enjoy it and I enjoy it for what it is and I live in that moment. But overall, like you don't you don't trade that in, and I think that's the same thing with success and being a basketball star and in this case, an icon, a legend. Like I, I think you realize, like, yo, I I yeah, I could have went out and partied and you know, made friendships and, you know, smoked cigars with all of my teammates and did this and did that. And, and was Michael Jordan, the nice guy, but you know, he felt like he had to do this to be great. And, and I loved how he tied that to, I, I loved how he was sitting there passionately. Like, you know, you guys don't get the smile because that's not what I had to go through. Like you don't right. like, I, I came to this franchise and we were a laughing stock. We were, you know, guys were doing drugs in the hotel rooms. Like, the, you know, the, the just guys, the, the league was just totally different back then. And this is what I came into. So I built this. Like, I built this shit. So you don't get to come here now on my laurels and and smile and 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 and, and have fun and think this shit is easy. Like, no, this is hard work and there's a standard. And I love that, right? Because I think that's real. Like, yeah, imagine building something and building a show, building a a, a company, an empire, whatever, and like the struggle is the struggle you know what i mean like no like everybody always glamorizes the the success right oh apple is this but nobody ever talks about the struggle nobody ever talks about you know steve jobs being broke 
you know, bouncing from house to house or dorm to dorm, you know, you know, dropping out of college and, and being dead. But like nobody ever talks about that part. They talk about the innovation. They talk about what Apple became. And, you know, they talk about the success, the end point. But nobody ever talks about the struggle to come up. And that shit is real, you know? And I think that, yeah, if, if you go through something like that, like, yeah, you're going to be defensive. Like, no, you don't just get to come here and laugh and enjoy and, and, right. you know, basically, you know, live off my laurels. Like, no, fuck that. You know? So I, I, I really love that. Part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, anything yeah. else that's like, that, that was, that was so interesting. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, you know, to me, it's kind of, to me, another part that kind of stuck out was like the insane conspiracy theories about his gambling and leading to his father's murder. <laughs> I mean, if like, yeah. and and this is this is not coming from like people on Twitter. Like Twitter obviously didn't didn't exist back then, but this isn't coming from people on Twitter. This isn't coming from like some crazy people. This is coming from the press, like esteemed journalists who have jobs to objectively report facts. <laughs> like this is, you know what I mean? Like to me, that that is. I mean, I put myself in that in that position his shoes if my father was murdered and i'll be honest with you like i i love vegas like i like to gamble i do I, I don't have a problem but like if i go to vegas i will gamble and if anyone were to connect that with like my father being killed i would like i don't know how i would handle that and i think jordan handled those criticisms very well especially publicly i mean it's very easy to go off you know yeah. your father was just killed and now people are trying to tie it to you and this is like i said this isn't just like you know, someone on the street. This is like credible journalists who write mm -hmm. for newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I don't know, man. Like, and, and it, it's like it putting, my, putting myself in his shoes, like, you know, I, yeah, no, I get it. It, it, it. Putting yourself in his shoes is just like, it's, it's just hard to imagine what he must have felt like. You know, you just lose your father. Oh and oh, by the way, people are making conspiracy theories about it, like, and tying it back to something else that, look, I, I'm with you, man. I, I never thought the gambling thing was a huge deal. Like, I, I always, I mean, I know I was a yeah. kid when all this was going on, but even just kind of the years following, like, I always thought the gambling thing was just so overblown. Like, gambling is, Gambling is a personal choice. Like it's like drinking. It's like it's like it's a personal you know, like, choice. Yeah, and it's it's, it's also like a culture too. Like yeah, it's a culture. It's not and everyone's cup of tea, and it's a cultural right. thing too. Yeah, right. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you you shouldn't gamble. And gambling is like who am I to wag my finger? I, I I'm sure I have my vices that somebody may not agree with, and that's okay. Right. Like we're all humans. Right. We're all these complex individuals that have our own that are wired differently that, that that have our own thoughts and our own um beliefs on what we think is right and what we think is cool and who who is one to judge another like i i, I never yeah. understood the gambling thing like the guy clearly it never affected him because again the guy's a billionaire <laughs> he owns an nba team he's Shut got the most you would know if if he had a problem, he would right. be able to hide it. You can't hide If he that. was on an episode, if he was if he was featured yeah. on that thirty for thirty, the broke thirty for thirty, where it highlighted all the athletes that went broke, like if he was featured on that, okay, we yeah. can talk about the gambling situation. But no, right. Michael clearly, clearly knew what he was doing, or yeah. at least it didn't affect him to the point where he was losing his money. And look, you, know, you guys don't think that Michael Jordan had financial advisors, had people, you know, in his ear. Right. Look, his, his right. parents had a huge sway on his life. I guarantee you Mama Jordan would have been in his ass if he was out here blowing his money on some dumb shit that, you know, some on right. some gambling stuff. Like, yeah. I, it, the, the whole gambling thing, the whole conspiracy theory around the gambling thing just always blew my mind. And, and you know what it gets back to is like when someone is presented with an image of perfection 
you know, you're always going to have that other end of it where like, no, this guy can't be perfect. You know, no one's perfect, you know, and see, this is why he's not perfect, you know? And, and, and I think that there's a concerted effort to just tear that person down. It can't just be like, you know, we all know nobody's perfect. Like, no, like be like Mike is a slogan. (laughs) No one wants to be like Mike because Mike is this great person. No, be like Mike was the slogan. Drink more Gatorade. That's what it was. Like, I never read that much into it. You know what I mean? So I think that there's always that reaction to try to tear somebody down when they're built up as being this like role model and this perfect, and this, this perfect person that everyone should aspire to be with, be with and be as. Um, and I think that's what that was. I think that gambling thing was, was what that was, the, the whole situation with his dad and, 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 and yeah, and, and, and I like to think that media's gotten worse in the time since then. And, and, and a lot of elements of it have. But I mean, even in the early 90s, I mean, you, you saw where the media landscape was, was trending to, where it was sensationalism, it was conspiracy theories, exactly. it was gossip columns. Exactly. And, and, and like that's you said, why we are, are here today. <laughs> these are respected writers, yes. people that are like in the know that were that were putting this right. shit out there. It wasn't like these were just nobodies on Twitter. I mean, I can only imagine if there was a Twitter. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Jordan's dad no, gets murdered like, you know, a few weeks after? Or even like a YouTube. Yeah. Like a YouTube. Imagine imagine the videos that'd be out right now about Jordan and yeah. the conspiracy. But you're right. I, I think, you know, the media, I, I don't know when it started, um, but, you know, has been leaning towards sensationalism. And look where it got us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, it's yeah. we're we're a product of that right now. And, then, you know. I mean, not to make things too political, but like to me, CNN, something like that isn't necessarily fake news. What it is, it's a sensationalized news where sometimes well, they news. are it's doing news. It, it, what right. it is, it's, right. it's corporations owning the news. And when corporations right. own something, it, it, it inherently becomes about the bottom line. It doesn't become about civil service. It exactly. doesn't become about doing something for the good of just good. Like it becomes right. a bottom line. It, it comes a profit margin. So what sells? Sex sells. Scandal sell. You know, sensationalism exactly. sells. So just, you know, just sell. Just sell sensationalism. And I think right. that's the biggest problem. That and yet, and I think our country has recognized that in the sense where it's like, oh, this is BS. I just think that our country has taken it in two different directions, <laughs> and that's what we have yeah. to divide that we have. Right. 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 No, I, I I totally get it. Yeah. So it it just it it I I'm with you. That that part also hit me well. And and and. I think the the thing for me that really stuck out, one of the things that stuck out for me in this episode was just him talking about his father and the emotion, um, right. talking about that and just how close he was. And that, and, and you can just really tell that that was the person that knew him the most, that that was the per like, cause it, it always felt like Michael always had walls around people, you know, probably like his family oh, yeah, knows absolutely. him well, but like his father was the guy, like that was the guy that molded him, that made him the man who he is that knew him better than anybody, the person that, I mean, who, who, who do you, just to think that you're the person that the great Michael Jordan goes to for advice, that you are the person that right. the, the, the great Michael Jordan goes to about, you know, just not even just stuff on his game, but just life <laughs> advice. Like, you know, what should I do about no, this? Or what about, yeah. Right? You're, you're the person who, <laughs> who sperm gave birth to the greatest basketball player of all that's another, Yeah, that's, an, that's another, that's another not like, Honestly, I, I, I hate to say it like that, but it's just like, like if I gave birth, if, if not even give birth, but if I were to, you know, father the greatest basketball player yes. of all time, you like, I would be looking at myself like, oh, all right. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. I'm sure. I did that. I did that. <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, dead ass, yo. No, it, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. So the, the part with his dad really stuck out to me. Um, that was really emotional. You could just tell that was, that was, that was genuine. 
And that was, that was, um, that was real emotion there. And it's, and, and, and I think I pointed this out on the other previous episodes of the podcast. Um, just seeing Michael in that light, like with a little, a little hint of vulnerability, a little bit of emotion, like he's not this like cool, suave, you know, kind of this debonair guy, like that, that barrier broken down when you're talking about, like, like we talk about his, 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 his lack of friends and, and talk about his philosophy, but also talk about his dad and just how that really hit him. And I think that the, the, the episode really hit me when, you know, you, we always, we all remember the footage of him on the floor crying after the 96 finals, oh, but there was man. never audio. There was never audio shown yeah. for that yeah. footage. Right. And they finally showed the audio yeah. years later. And that's just, I mean, you, I mean, how can you, I mean, you, you, you basically have to freaking have an icebox there if, if that doesn't hit you in some, right. some shape or form. So yeah, the, the dad stuff was, was really touching for me. That, that's where I was going to go next to with that, was that audio and that, that was heartbreaking. I kind of want to talk about that series a little bit. Gary Payton, uh, Michael Jordan's reaction to Gary Payton. I mean, I, I, <laughs> And, and here, here I am sitting about telling you how yeah. it's good to see Michael in a, in a vulnerable state and, 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 right, right. and, and, and whatever, but it, it always goes back to Michael. And you know why Michael is just so loved? It's because he's just so cool. Like everything he does is just like, it's just, there's just a coolness factor to him, right? He, I mean, he really is a fucking walking right. superhero, essentially. Um, and, and, and the one aspect of this is like, he just it just he he's always on like he's always on that michael game like even when it's like just him showing a video or something like it's just like he's always on. and he's a walking meme that's the other thing about like that's his greatness like yo mike is a freaking walking gif he's a walking meme like his yeah. facial reactions his his everything just, his, just everything about that dude man he was just he was just put on this earth not only to be a great basketball player but to just be a great content creator or content filler i guess whatever you want to say well because there's, there's really no chinks in his armor like he, he could shrug off anybody saying anything about his ability and it's like well yeah i'm gonna side with jordan on this one <laughs> like how could you right. not i mean if he's laughing at gary no. payton like it's like all right well i mean he's gonna laugh at gary because like he won the championship and he's michael jordan so he can do anything and it's gonna look cool he can do anything and you're gonna agree with it and he's gonna be on the right side of history and look i would have laughed at gary payton too like Gary, you guys lost the first three <laughs> games of that series. And honestly, the only reason that you guys even lost two is because the Bulls took their foot off the gas. I mean, honestly, the Bulls could have easily right. swept you guys. So this idea they that like, game six. like it just yeah, it, 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 it's just it's just hilarious. I, I I love I love when anybody makes Gary Payton look bad. I've never liked Gary Payton. That's just me. But um, <laughs> when anybody can and anybody can just make Gary Payton look bad, it's 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 it's, it's it, there's a it, you're you're a friend in in my book. But uh, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, one thing that really stuck out to me, I, I think one thing that has stuck out to me throughout this entire kind of list of episodes is Scotty Pippen. And I want to rant about Scotty Pippen. Um, but before, okay. before I rant, I want to ask you about Scotty. Has anybody looked worse in this documentary series than Scotty Pippen? Maybe other than Jerry Krause, right? Like Scotty uh, Pippen. Yeah, you got to say Jerry, Jerry and Isaiah. Scotty's up there too. Scotty, to me, Scotty Pippen is number one. Like Scotty's, like if Scotty was a stock, he just like I I'd be just kind of <laughs> sell 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 at like a at like at a high rate right now like no Scotty oh, you know I and I've always I've always had this fight with folks because I've always kind of I've always had these arguments that you know is Scotty Pippen historically is he overrated is he underrated and I've always kind of teetered on he's rated like a borderlining you overrated like I I. I Really, I think Scottie Pippen is great. I think he's a great player, but Scottie was a great, was a great wingman, 
And I think that sometimes he's people the best number two of all time. He's the best number two of all time. Can never be number one. Yeah, he's not a number one. And I think he proved it in 1994. Yeah. He proved it. And you know why he proved it? He didn't prove it by not scoring this many points or by not doing this. But when you quit on your team the way he did in such a selfless, selfish, selfish way, like that shows you everything that you need to know about that guy. And the fact that Phil Jackson, one of the, the to me, the greatest coach in NBA history, when the greatest coach in NBA history, who knows you, who, who basically developed you, um, runs a play for a rookie. I know Kukoc is, you know, stretching it by saying a rookie obviously played in, in Europe for years, but, but basically a rookie, yeah. right? He runs a game winning play for a rookie instead of the guy that's won in three championships. That tells you everything that you need to know about Scottie Pippen. You just, he just, and, and look, I know it's easy to look back in, 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 in retrospect. Obviously, Kukoc made the shot. Who knows? It could have been a disaster had he not made the shot. Like everybody would have been like, so, so I, of course we have the benefit of, of, of history and, and hindsight, obviously, to make this, to make this statement. But like, I've always felt like Scottie Pippen, not overrated in like, oh, he's definitely, but he's slightly, I think people overestimate how great he was. Like, I think he was great. So, I obviously think he was underpaid. But I do think that I think people like to put Scottie Pippen in that rarefied air with the Jerry Wests and the Charles Barkleys and the Jordans and the Magics and Oh no, and no, no, yeah, no, no, hell no. No, no, yeah. he's not. But just a quick nugget on that game in itself. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think people know this. They didn't show it in the documentary. The Knicks were down six with a minute left to go in that game. And um yeah. they basically tied the game up. They scored six straight points and um, the previous two possessions, it might be three, but I know it was two. The previous two possessions before the coach shot ended in a Scottie Pippen contested jumper with shot clock winding down. And I think the reason why Phil drew up that play was because the offense got stagnant because Scottie took bad shots, not because he was forced to take bad shots. It's just because that's the shot that he chose to take. And I think Phil wanted to take it in a different direction. So just to add context to why I think he went to Kukoc, I think that's the reason why he went to Kukoc. It's like, I'm not going to give the ball to Scotty and have him force up another thing for their third straight possession. Right. But to your point, I mean, if, if that's Jordan, I'm giving the ball to Jordan. If that's like a yeah. LeBron, I'm giving it to LeBron. I, but I, I do think Scotty to me is, I, I don't, I think he's underrated because I do think without Scotty, the nineties bulls are, I mean, the landscape is completely different. I think if you put Scotty on, let's just say the Suns, I think the Suns are might be the dynasty. If you put him on the Jazz, the Jazz might be the dynasty. I think he was he's like the most important two number two person to ever play the game because I think no matter wherever he was, I think that would have been the dynasty. Not because Jordan wasn't the best, because you're seeing clearly really right now with LeBron. And LeBron's been the best player in the world for years, but he's only won three championships. It's because he's played better teams. And I think Jordan would have had a similar path if Scotty was on the team. I don't think Jordan would be six or six. I'm not saying he wouldn't have championships, but he sure as hell wouldn't be six or six. No, I and look, I, I know that this is gonna blow up and be like, you call Scotty Pippen over like no, I I think look, Scotty Pippen is, is a great player. He deserves to be he's top fifty right. all time. I mean, basically invented the small forward position, right? I mean, in a lot of ways essentially. Right. He was he was the the template for the small forward position or the the point forward position. Point guard, yeah, point forward, yeah, yeah point exactly. forward, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm not trying to under, and I think that his value on those Bulls teams is underrated, right? Like I think people 
before this document documentary, I think people didn't appreciate what he brought to the game, especially that Bulls team. I'm just simply saying, individually speaking, like individually speaking, his legacy, his own kind of game. I think people kind of overrate Scotty. Like, I think people will have you sit, think that if Scotty Pippen, you know, would have went to the Charlotte Hornets and he was the franchise guy, the, 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 the guy, the Batman, you know, he would have averaged 29 points a game and he would have been this superstar face of the franchise yeah, type yeah. of guy. And I, and I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he could be a face really? of the franchise. He could be a face of the franchise, but you could be a face of the franchise in the way Mitch Richmond was a face of the franchise for the Sacramento Kings, never going to the playoffs, averaging 20 points a game. Like that's, that's what he could have been. You know, there's, there's faces of the franchise for every franchise. Like right now, let's just think of a team right, that's right. not in the playoffs and that's, that's Scotty Pippen. Doesn't mean he's right. great. He, he's not great. Right. Yeah. So right. I, I, I think we're saying the same thing. Um, right. but I do think he's a hell of a number two, especially because his skill set set is so unique that it's, you know, like, he's would, your number you know two. It's compare, like, you know what I would compare it to? You know, like Draymond. I'm not saying that Scotty Pippen is Draymond. So everybody, please, you know, don't come to me with pitchforks. Like, I, I'm not saying that. No, but what Dr- I'm saying is Draymond is Scotty. Draymond is the Scotty of the yeah, Warriors. And a, and a, and a, exactly. Yeah. Like, Dray, like, I feel like Draymond on the Warriors is underrated. But I think Draymond individually is overrated. Like, people feel like right. if J- there's a lot of Draymond defenders out there that feel like, oh, if you put Draymond on the, on the, on the, on, on the, on the Phoenix Suns, you know, Draymond's averaging 25 points a game. I'm like, really? Really? Like, no, you, you think not. so? Like, I don't think that, so. That's, yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the comparison that I'm trying to make. Well, to, and to be fair to Scotty, though, in the 94 season, he was third in MVP. I mean, he, yeah. I, I don't think Draymond can carry a team the way not and that's why I, and that's why I said and that's and that's why I'm yeah. saying that he's not that's why I'm definitely Pippen is not even yeah. in, I mean Draymond and Pippen shouldn't even be in the same yeah. discussion I, I, and, it, I totally and it's not understand. a coincidence that the next year it's not a coincidence the next year the Bulls were 33-30 before Jordan came back like they had yeah. one year with Scotty being really good and then the next year they were just yeah. average right and I wonder and I wonder how much of that I wonder how much of that him asking out of that game really affected the Bulls long term because everybody always Everybody always talks about why, you know, why the Bulls didn't offer him an extension, why, you know, why the organization treated Scotty the way that he did. And how much of that does play into the fact like, yo, when we needed you the most, you quit on us. Like, yeah, but his, he was fighting for the extension back in 91. So I think the the biggest thing that I'm talking about with Scotty, though, is I think he's just made himself look bad just from a, from an, just from a character perspective, because I mean, you hear yeah. him in his own words talk about the '94 incident, right? And then, like, he sees that, you know, like, I'm sorry, I let my teammates down, and and you know, like, and you feel like he's having this like pensive moment where he's about to say, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I could if I could do it all over again, I you know I would I would choose a different route, or I would talk to Phil, or I would support my team. And he's like, no, I wouldn't have changed anything. I was just like, we're like, which. Wait, tell tell you all you need to know, right? That tells wait, you all you wait, need to know. Like, yeah, but that's, it's that's not crazy. even just, but but it's not even just this. It's the things with the contract situation. Like, while the whole world was basically lambasting the Bulls, and look, they, the Bulls and and Jerry Krause and and especially Jerry Reinsdorf are just horror. I mean, just it, they're villains in this story too. Don't don't get me wrong. But this idea that Scotty was just this innocent bystander and all this happened and poor Scotty, like, dude, you signed the contract. Like nobody right. held a gun to your head. I knew you. I know you had family issues, but nobody made you sign this contract. Nobody, nobody sat there and said, "If you don't sign this contract, I'm going to put a gun to your mom." Like, no, nobody did that. You chose. Right. You made a financial decision to sign that contract. 
Like, I'm sorry. I can't feel sorry for a guy that knew the and, and you gotta believe I have to believe and I have to take everybody at face value that he was advised against it by his agent. He was advised against it by Jerry Reinsdorf. He was advised against it by a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I'm sure folks in the players association was like, Scotty, really? This is what you're doing to us right now? Like, what what do you what do you right. do? Like so I'm sure he had a lot of folks in his ear telling him, don't do this. So he made a decision. And look, I get it. I understand it. But I, I can't feel sorry for you. You know, and then the thing with the with the surgery, waiting till September to get the surgery instead of doing it and you know, after the championship and saying, Well, I'm not gonna fuck up my summer. Like, geez, I mean, these things like, man, Scott, like I almost like did, did anybody sit down with Scotty before this and say, like, yo, Scotty, you may wanna like um not say these things like i mean yeah. in a way i kind of in a way i kind of respect it because it's his honest opinion and is he's unfiltered about it so I, I i get that i i at least respect him for not being phony about it but he's just looked he's looked terrible like it shows I, a I lack of self-awareness which is which is like my least favorite is. quality in someone if you don't have self-awareness to me i think you're kind of unbearable to be around and he's kind of shown that i mean i've always kind of not this guy to me, like he's an okay media personality at best, you know, because he's on the jump, he's on these different shows. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's too interesting of a guy, um, but he doesn't seem like a douche either. But like in this documentary, he's just coming across as like very unself-aware. Like he just doesn't understand. He just doesn't understand, or he's stubborn and proud, and 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 just sticking to his guns, which to me is a bad quality too. <laughs> that's the perfect way to put it. Like he's just so yeah. lack of self-awareness, like. Like why? Like why? And then like, I, but the but the surgery thing really bothered me because you got to like you got to think about it in a team sport. Like you, all these guys are sacrificing for each other. They're sacrificing for that one cause to try to win, right? Like, and this yeah. dude basically says, you know, he basically says, "Oh fuck, Michael, fuck Steve Kerr, fuck fuck Dennis Rodman, fuck right. all these dudes." Like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna get the surgery in September because you're mad about a contract that you signed, right? <laughs> and and you know, honestly, like he probably had a bunch of other like opportunities to negotiate too i mean if you're a good employee if if you play by the rules if you do what you're supposed to do and you make good relationships with the front office you know they're more likely to sit down with you like okay listen scotty we know that this is kind of unfair you've done a lot for the organization let's see what we can do for you but i don't think he ever put himself in the position to even have that discussion based off of the way he's been acting you know he's acting like a child he's acting like he's this scorned human being and maybe the reason why the bulls organization treated him the way that they did was because he acted this way towards them. You know, there's, you right. can always negotiate. You could always, you know, change your behavior to get what you want. And I think maybe he didn't do that. And, you know, we haven't heard any stories about him acting up um, that are outside of what we heard in the documentary. But my guess is it's like, you know, if, they, if he's going to treat us like this, why would we extend his contract? We don't even know if we want it extended at I, this point. Right, he's, absolutely. he's good. But after seven years, we would not even want him anymore. So that would surprise me if that's what the Bulls were thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I, I I completely agree with you, and 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 like that, and that's why I brought up the incident in '94 because you got to think about it. Like that's a black eye, man. I mean, if you're an organization and you're looking at that, like, why would we want to commit years and money to this guy? I know he helped us win a championship or three championships, but it's like, why would you right. want to commit? You know, long term to a guy who has already shown you that he's you know he lacks self awareness and is selfish. Is selfish yeah. like 
for you to do that in a playoff game, it's one thing to do it in a regular season in December against Sacramento back to back. But it's like to do that in the play in the biggest game of your career, biggest to that to that, or one of the biggest games of your career to that, to that point, you know, the biggest game of that season, like for you to yeah. sit there and do that, like, and he, and he better thank God that it didn't blow up in his face and that the Bulls ended up winning that game. Cause you imagine right. how they ran that play and they have lost that game. You know, Wait, that was I game three. Was and they're yeah. down three. Oh, they probably get swept. I, they probably get killed in game four. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And then who knows? And then who knows what happens? What happens like going forward? Do, does Scotty stay a bull? Do they trade him? Does Jordan like does Jordan come back? If Jordan comes back, are the Bulls what they are? Do they three peat? So honestly, I mean, I think we're kind of making the, the argument now that Tony Kukoc hit the biggest shot in Bulls history. You know what? It's 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 not crazy. It's not crazy. To, it's not crazy to debate. It really isn't. I mean, it it, it, I mean, it, 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 did, it did uh, put a lot of things in motion, man. It really did. We just, we just went down the craziest slippery slope ever. And we're gonna we're gonna hear about this. You know that, right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, but the Scotty thing is just so. It's just so. I mean, I think he is just. I, I think if anybody's stock has diminished a lot in the in the series of episodes, man, it has to be Scotty. Like Scotty, yeah. just like dude, like what are you like? What are you thinking? What are you saying? Like, do you hear yourself? Like, he it, doesn't. Like, no self aware. You just can't. You just uh, you just can't be this this tone deaf. You just really can't be. Um, well, then you also have people in your ear that are like, "Yes, yeah, Scotty, you deserve more." Yeah, that's right, Scotty. Like you right, have yes men right. surrounding you when you're Scotty Pippen. I mean, he's one of the 50 greatest basketball players ever to live. I mean, you, he did support his family with the money that he made. He eventually got a nice contract with the Rockets and the Blazers. So, I mean, he did make money at the end of the day and he probably just has a bunch of yes men in his ear. And then when you contrast that, you contrast that behavior, you contrast that lack of self-awareness to Jordan, right? Like right. It, it's, it's just like, and then, and then the, for the folks that were like, were bitching on Twitter during episodes one and two, like, why didn't Jordan fight for Scotty to get a contract? I'm, gonna, I'm like, who knows? If I'm Jordan and I saw that this dude quit on his on his roster, is this a guy that I'm going to go put my reputation online to go pay? Right. Like, why, why would I go? Why would I ride or die for you when you've clearly shown that you are just going to do what's best for Scotty Pippen? Like, right. Uh, yeah. Right. No, it, it's, it's, it, honestly, like I've never seen a more self, a unself-aware athlete in my life, just on display for the world to see. Like, do, do you just do you just not Russell like, Westbrook, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> okay, too, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, but it, it, it's, like, it's just mind-bogglingly laughable. Like, it's just like, dude, yeah. what? Yeah. No, I get it. Scotty, Scotty yeah. is just uh, Scotty. Especially with years to reflect, I think that's what it is. Like you had decades to reflect. Twenty years. Yeah, like this is like this didn't happen last night. Yeah, this didn't happen last night. Like right. Yeah. Right. Right. It, it's just crazy to think about, man. It's just crazy to think yeah. about. Um, anything else stand out to you? Any any other nuggets from the two episodes? Um, not nothing I could uh, think about particularly. I mean, it's you know, it's. It was it was more of the end of episode seven that really got to me the most, and I thought it was the most interesting part of everything. But aside from that, I mean, nothing off the top of my head. What about you? Uh, how much the baseball strike basically made Michael Jordan come back? That was something that uh, that too, yeah, ninety four. I didn't, I didn't think right. about. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't think a lot of people really considered or thought about like 
you gotta think about it. Michael Jordan is this guy who loves the the competition, loves the heat of the moment, and you're in a situation where baseball's not playing. They're using replacement players. Michael Jordan's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so he basically is like left with nothing to do. Who knows? Maybe if the players and and, and the owners get their act together, come up with a deal before that. Who knows, mate? Does Michael Can, come I, back? I mean, who knows, right? Hold on. You're a baseball guy. And this right. bothers me. This this whole thing bothered me. Mm-hmm. 202, and you're you're gonna sit here and tell me he would have made the majors. You're you're gonna you're gonna sit here and tell oh. me that someone oh. hitting 202 was it was it double A was it single A it was double A it was double A it was double someone hitting 202 in double A yeah. is eventually give me a break and and that's the I think that's the one thing like I don't really have a a, a horse in the goat race that sounds really mm-hmm. weird to say a horse in the goat race um like i don't care like i, I really don't care but like <laughs> to sit here and say michael jordan will win a pro because like he's michael jordan is right. was, was one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard i get he's jordan i get he has this aura about him i get he's hardworking. did you see the man swing manny come on let's be honest his swing was ugly yeah. as hell. Jordan, Jordan was, Jordan was not. Now, now to be fair, I, I think, I, I think that had he not played basketball and had he stuck with baseball full time, who knows? Maybe. Maybe, and I think that's what people say more. Like, had he focused solely on baseball, he was athletic enough. He had a, he had a, he had a knack or a knowledge of what to do. That I think that had he stuck with baseball long enough. Or had he considered had he picked baseball over basketball and just dedicated right. solely to bat baseball? Like, could he have been a fringe major leaguer? Probably. Like, probably he was athletic enough. Uh, where he could. I think yeah. that I'm, I'm trying to find the logic. I'm with you. I don't. He wasn't going to make it. Now, this idea that Michael was going to be Dion essentially and just you know basically play with the Bulls, <laughs> you know, play playoff games with the Bulls and the White Sox at the same time. You know. Yeah. Not it's just yeah it wasn't gonna did that wasn't happening no he's not and I, I, yeah no. and I just you know it's just and it's one of those things where it's like Michael wasn't perfect he wasn't a perfect basketball player he wasn't a perfect human being and I and I think that's the one thing that annoys me the most about this document I don't even think that it annoys me about the documentary but just Jordan's legacy where it's like this man could do no wrong like there's like he like people act as if he's never missed a game when he jump shot like he never lost a game like everything that he touches everyone just pretty much goes oh yeah he would have. Jordan would have done that. Jordan would have been great at that. Jordan, like, there's arguments now that Jordan would average like 45 a game today's game. But that's, like, the, but that's the super. But that's the superhero aura that he's created for himself. That it's like it's but almost. It's like it's impossible for like like the generation above us to shake. It's crazy, dude. It's it's like relax. I mean, yeah. even LeBron fans. I know LeBron fans can be very annoying. They they aren't even like that with LeBron. They're not. I, not to that extent. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like every fan base, like I've always had this argument with folks online. Like every fan base is annoying. Like Kobe, yes, I, I agree. you know me, I'm a Kobe stan. I, are, yeah. You don't think there's co- annoying Kobe fans? Absolutely. Are Very there, annoying. The beehive is annoying. Like there's a lot of annoying. A lot of annoying fan base. So yeah, I, I get it. I know. I, I think you can't put that on the player per se because I mean you can't help the extreme the, the, the sycophants, if, if, you know, if you call it that, um, you can't help that. Like it, every every player, every gr- great personality or figure is going to have annoying fan bases. It's just it comes it comes with the it comes it's par for the course. So um, I yeah. get it. No, but I look the Jordan thing with baseball. I, I 
I think they were for the most part pretty. I, I think that was the only part of the documentary that I did agree. I agree with you that there was a little like romanticizing. Eh, you're stretching a little bit. You're stretching a little bit. Like I, I do think had he had he played baseball throughout, had he not focused on basketball, like could he have eventually developed into a decent enough prospect where he could have made it into the major leagues? Like. Yeah, probably. Who knows? We we don't know that. Obviously, um, I, I think I think the I think the greatest thing that the baseball the baseball conversation does for Jordan it just I think it, it it's another notch in baseball's cap. It's how hard baseball truly is, and I, I text that in a group yeah. chat. And it's like that's why baseball to me is the greatest game because it doesn't matter how great you, you know it doesn't matter how athletic you are, it doesn't matter how tall you are, how fast you are, how strong you are. All these things help. Don't get me wrong, right? But if you can't hit, doesn't matter. If that hand, if that hand, if that pitch recognition isn't there, if that bat speed isn't there, if that hand-eye coordination right. isn't there, if that ability to just have that God-given ability to hit, it, you're just—it doesn't matter who you are. And and take take Michael Jordan for example, arguably the greatest athlete ever put on this earth, right? Arguably, right. steps onto a baseball diamond and just can't and just can't, can't. do it. And then yeah. you couple that with with Tony Gwynn. Now, I know Tony Gwynn was a. Bad man, Tony Gwynn was a bad Tony, Tony man. Gwynn, and Tony Gwynn was a very good basketball player. He actually Ooh, played in the NBA. He? Yeah, he was actually look it up for San Diego State. Tony Gwynn was actually a really no highly talented point guard. So I, I know it's a little unfair the comparison for Tony Gwynn, but wow. you look at Tony Gwynn with the Padres, you know, fat, stubby Tony Gwynn, right? And yeah. he's in ninety. I mean, you couple that with. You know, it's just it. it that's why, to me, baseball is the the the, the yeah. most purest game because it's like it doesn't it doesn't take all these superfluous superficial things that that like the average fan can't relate to. Like nobody can relate to being Anthony Davis and being you know six eleven, basically a six yeah. eleven two guard. Like nobody can relate. Nobody can can relate to this. You know what I mean? But baseball, it's just that it's just a it's a god given talent that just a lot of people just don't have. So I think that, yeah. I think that's what that's what that conversation with Jordan does more than anything else is just adds adds a different notch to. Um, to baseball's, you know, feather in the sense that, like, yeah, this is how hard this sport is. I, if I was baseball, I would have been thinking like perfect marketing and just ran a commercial like this is how hard it is. The greatest basketball player that right. ever lived, just him striking out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not the dog Jordan, but just kind of to just to amplify like this is how hard it is. Um, like how sad and, was it when he made that error? Like they showed him making that error in the outfield. It was like. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, my god! Just, like, I, I felt bad. I was like, yeah, it's I do. I cringe. I do. I do like that they did talk about how kind of him being in the minor leagues and being kind of around just normal people for a change. I think that he kind of got a kick out of that, and it was enjoyable for him. Yeah. Um, I did like that he didn't see himself as bigger or above anybody else. Like I think he did the whole thing because it could have been very easy for him to say, "Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, bumfuck land." you know, Georgia to go play double A ball or I'm not doing that. You're going to put me on the roster. Like he, he, he rode the buses. He did. He played the game. He did. He played the game in more ways than one. So that's impressive. I mean, he, he yeah. could have easily, you know, he had enough pull where he could have been like, yeah, I'm not doing all that. I'm, I'm not doing all this or I'm not doing all that. No, float, he flown everywhere. Yeah, you're right. And to his, and to his credit, like everybody that they've interviewed, you know, they interviewed Terry Francona, Terry Francona, a lot of time is going on record as saying he was, just great guy to deal with didn't you know was never a problem all the other players that he played with said yeah the guy was just great never never thought of himself as bigger than the team i'm michael jordan don't talk to me he was one of one guys he was he was talking shit on the bus like you know it was just right. it, it, like, i i also think that helped 
him kind of find the love for basketball again too. Just being around these guys that in a lot of ways have the same mentality that he did, that they're just solely focused on this one goal of making it to the major leagues. You know, right. he didn't have to deal with all the the other issues that, you know, is 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 he staying out too late gambling? Is he, you know, did his father get murdered by a secret John Gotti conspiracy? Like all these other stupid things that, you know, don't matter. And I think he was just one of the guys for a change. I think that actually helped his basketball love. I really yeah, do. It was it was an escape from reality. I think that's what his minor league baseball career was, to be honest with you, because you're you're riding the bus with minor league players. You're making like twenty thousand dollars a year, so it wasn't about money. Like he was basically playing for free. He that's really what it was. It was therapy. Like that's how I look at his baseball career. It was just therapy. He felt a connection to it with his childhood, which probably meant he had a connection to it with his father, and he just needed to do it for himself and his for his for his mental health. Because you know, at the time, you know, we did they did show him in the hotel room by himself you know, not wanting to go out. And, you know, now he's able to travel the country on a bus with people who are like-minded and have no pressure. I, I think it was just completely therapeutic for him. And, and it always, and, and it never felt like it was a put on, like it was phony. Like I actually, no, it was real. He wanted, yeah. He, yeah. He really wanted to do this. Like he really wanted to be, you know, the best baseball player they could be. He wanted to be Dion. He wanted to make a, a major league roster and be an all-star and, 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 and hit 25. Like he wanted that. It just, unfortunately just didn't have the skills, you know? So it's just, right. it's amazing. But, but I just, I love that. I just, I, I, I just, I thought about, I, I thought about that on Sunday night and, and even some yesterday, I was like, just imagine if like, what if the 94 strike doesn't happen? Who knows? Does Jordan even come back to the bulls? Does, I think he does work. I mean, yeah, I think maybe he, not that year, but eventually. Yeah, I think he does eventually, but who knows? What yeah. is Jordan when he comes back? Like, who knows? Maybe he plays baseball for two, three years. He comes back. He's at the end of his prime, as opposed to still kind of in that middle point of his prime. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to think like all of these events that happen that laid the groundwork for this. I mean, essentially right. this documentary. Um, sorry. Right, so just to kind of wrap up, um, how do you think they'll kind of conclude? Uh, the um the last two episodes of the, of the documentary or I, I should say this what do you what do you want to see them talk about i mean they've pretty much talked about everything right they've talked about the gambling they've talked about the situation with his dad they've talked about pretty much i mean isaiah the dream team i mean they've talked about kind of all of the the major topics what do you is there anything like they haven't talked about or that they haven't covered yet that you want to see covered I mean, I mean, for as a Knicks fan, they, I just kind of wanted to hear what he had to say about the Knicks being a threat, and then I, I got the confirmation that I needed, <laughs> the affirmation uh, that the Knicks are pretty much a threat to them. Um, but, uh, the flu game is going to be fun uh, to, to document how he was feeling, if they have any like backstage. I mean, because that whole season, they were fo- being followed around with the camera, so I'm sure we're going to see some pretty cool footage from the flu game that we haven't seen before. Um I want to know if he pushed off. I want to know if he admits that he pushed off on Russell. That would he be absolutely good. did. Um, yeah. And aside from that, I mean, we pretty much know the rest of the story. I'm not really too interested in his Wizards days, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I think he, you know, his Wizards days are a little underrated. He played a lot during it. I think people give him credit for. Um, yeah. But I'm not really. I don't really care about them, to be honest with you. I, I, I just want to see like behind the scenes footage of the flu game because, you, like, to me, that's probably his most remarkable game. Yeah, I, I'm actually. I actually do want. I, I know that they're going to end after '98. That the director has already confirmed that that they're not going to go into okay. the playing career. So I, I know that's that. Um, but I, I, I that is a little disappointing. Like I would have wanted to see 
some of the wizard stuff, you know, because I think if people kind of got a, a fresh look at the wizards days, I think they'd look at it a little differently. Um, right. they'd, I think they'd, because re- a lot of people would kind of misremember, like there's this like narrative that Jordan was like this old man on a rocking chair playing with the wizards. Like, no, he was still averaging 20 points a game. He averaged, he had a 50 point game. Like he was still, it's crazy to think about that. Even like in 2001, 2002, he was still a top 25 NBA player Yeah, at 38. 37, 30. Like, it's just crazy to think about that this guy was just that. That, that just speaks to his goatness. Like, the guy was just. His still, goatness. Yeah, he's right. He, still, yeah, yeah. So, so I would have, I would have wanted to see some um, wizard stuff. And, and I think the other thing that I would have wanted to see um, is more of Jordan's kind of family life, not getting into the divorce stuff and all that, but just kind of like, like his, his kids. Yeah. His kids, like yeah. their relationship kind of, again, breaking that wall down with Jordan where you're seeing a different side of Jordan that you don't normally see. Um, I know he just had twin daughters, like seeing him with his twin daughters, like seeing how that, how that relationship is. Like, I, I think seeing that different side, that side of Jordan, I think that's something that I would have probably found interesting. And who knows, maybe the success of the documentary maybe leads it to a, a sequel documentary. Who knows? Who, who knows? hope so. That'd be cool. I know LeBron's yeah. planning one. So that's going to be a rebuttal. That's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, oh, LeBron. Oh, LeBron. So some, some jokes just absolutely. They write themselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. Um, hey, man, it was a pleasure. I think this is probably one of the most interesting podcasts we've done so far. So, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Tune in next week when we, go over, when we go over the Democratic stimulus bill. Hey, man. <laughs> if, 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 if you're a game, I'm game, man. I'm, I'm going to need content after next Sunday. Shit. Uh, I'm so, I'm yeah, so man. Down. Let's do it. Um, before you go, man, just plug everything you got going on right now. Uh, the dime, everything. Just kind of show, tell everybody where they can find you. Just sell yourself for a couple minutes. So my podcast is The Dime with Josh Rodriguez on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify. Just search The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. It's an NBA podcast. Um, took a little bit of a break because my microphone broke, but I fixed my mic yesterday just in time to be on this podcast, thankfully. Um, we'll be filming yeah. a new episode soon. Um, so look forward to that. I am also a producer at Uninterrupted, which is LeBron's company. Uh, I'm not a company man, though, so I will criticize him when, you know, he deserves to be criticized. So don't think that if I if you have me on your podcast, I won't say anything too critical of him because I, you know, I will. <laughs> and you can check out our podcast. We're, we're, uh, I'm producing Austin Rivers' podcast, Go Off, which is actually – debuting tomorrow which is wednesday the 13th for anyone who's listening so go download that absolutely man josh it's been a pleasure as always man thank you for being my guest um we will definitely do this again absolutely absolutely dude Uh, maybe we might we might have to to do a political podcast dude i think your i think your wife was right man hey man i have to do it Let's do it. I'm down, man. Let's. Yeah. I mean, shit, it's not like we. I, honestly, the 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 2020 election is the, the 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 content we got going right now. I mean, we got nothing else going on. I guess we could sit on a podcast. I, I already have. I already have concepts, dude. We can like. I, I have concepts in my head. I don't know if you want to do it right now. We can talk like off air, but I, I have concepts in my head. I can't talk off air because I've got my little one right here just ah, wanting cool, my cool. attention as we speak. But gotcha. uh, it's a date for next week for Furl, though. Awesome, man. Sounds good. 
Let's do it. All right, man. Everybody, thank you for listening. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at AGS Pod, Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, Any Given Sunday. Make sure you become a member of AGS Nation. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Manual Brown, Instagram, the Manual Brown, Snapchat, Manny Bro 15. Make sure you go follow Josh. Make sure you go support his podcast as well and all of his work. As always, thank you guys for listening and for subscribing. Without you guys, there is no podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, tune in next week. We may have Josh Roderick is back on the show uh we may even do another just a whole new hey (laughs) the world is at our fingertips right now so uh we'll definitely be back next week on the podcast uh for josh rodriguez i'm manny brown we are out of here peace